Hello and welcome to Imp's LOP Radio Adventure live on Spreaker for the moment, but shortly we'll be live on uh, the YouTube channel as well. This is that little intro which has happened lately as I go live on multiple platforms where the podcast version I just... Oh, I'm not even logged into... That's irritating. Where on the podcast version, it takes me a little while as I try and multitask because <laughs> i got to set things up and I can't go live on YouTube until I've done this, which is really irritating. And now I've rambled because I had to do something I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, but yeah, today's going to be a bit more of a rambly type of thing. Mostly because... I had nothing. My cam- my microphone is way too far. You're going to hear a horrible noise just there. <laughs> my microphone is way too far back. And my wall for the sound just isn't right. So I guess that'll have to do. Hopefully I'm still audible. Let me just check speaker. Just to see levels. Yep, there we go. Bloody lovely. Right, I get to finally now go live on YouTube as well. I'm a little bit late starting. I say a little bit. It's like one minute. But like for me, that's bad. <laughs> I don't like being this late. So uh, anyway... I have time to go live on everything, so could do the show. See you in a few seconds, but first let's just mute this. There we go. Alright, see you in a few seconds. Chapos. Chapos, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm tired, you'll find that out over the show. Hello and welcome to Imp's LOP Radio Venture, Imp on LOP or uh, LOP on YouTube, whatever I bloody called it this time. There's your first swear. I'm going to swear more. <laughs> this is it's lockdown period. So anyway, uh, live on. Where's my list? Where am I live? Where am I live? I'm live on uh, Spreaker. I'm live on YouTube. This will be going out on places like High Heart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. This will be going out to there as well. So this is all... Currently, as well as I said before, in this lockdown situation, I'm trying to do my best to... Because I wanted to improve kind of the video experience. And currently, it's just a picture of me. I try, it's a cartoon me. Looks a lot like me. Credit to Ash from the Wrestling Shorts YouTube channel for designing that and drawing it and letting me use it for all the piratey designs that he did as well. But, yeah, so I wanted, like, physical me. I can use this image I've made here as more of the kind of loading slate and then it goes to picture of actual me but you know lockdown not in a normal situation right now <laughs> not exactly uh, necess- super necessary to ship that out to me so currently in limbo I guess the best way to put it but you're stuck with cartoon input you on podcast form you don't give a crap about any of that because you can't see anything anyway <laughs> so anyway uh, today the topic wrestling in lockdown is it shit Time to find that out. It's been a couple of months now in this period of quarantine, so there's a catalogue building to look back on. Uh, taking out the commendability of the effort, um, hell, I guess even a tad of the situation that's at large at the moment, are the shows any good? Like, are they worth watching? In terms of entertainment, are these shows any good? Which it's just that, uh, because I know beforehand I was talking about how are they coping? That show's done surprisingly well. <laughs> Talking about how they're coping. And I've also just done like, individual things. I've not really addressed AEW since I talked about them on that show in terms of how are they doing and how are WWE doing. So this is like the first time in like a month that I really have talked about them. But it's just the question of what are the quality of the shows. And obviously that comes down to opinion a lot of it as well. Uh, the numbers for Raw in America keep slipping. I've not looked at the he- numbers over here in the UK, but the numbers were never massive to begin with anyway. It's like a hardcore watch WWE. Yet it's not gone up, it's not gone down. Same hardcore, always watch WWE. And I've no idea what the BT numbers are as well, because that would have been, like, you would assume immediately it'd be less than it was, but then new people come as well who had BT Sport anyway. It's a, it's an odd one. <laughs> be perfectly honest, I don't really know. Uh, also, before I jump into the topic properly, I'll be starting with WWE because that's the one that most people care about. Then I'll be going to AEW. Uh, AEW is the most recent I've watched. 
and I didn't actually finish the episode because I've been. I thought I'd be free, but I wasn't free. I've been uh, collabing with um, former. <laughs> so tired. I've been uh, uh, doing a running column throughout this week, putting it together. Uh, Mav from the right side, of, formerly of the right side of the pond, now I guess person who now then writes down in the columns forum for Laws of Pain. He's happily retired, I guess. <laughs> he uh, he's been doing a long running series throughout this lockdown, talking to all sorts of people from Lord of Pain's history or and current time. I'm somebody, I guess, from the current times, and everybody like including Hustle. Where if you've been a long time uh, kind of person who's been keeping up with Laws of Pain as well, Hustle is like a massive name in terms of that. Like if you uh, back on Monday Night Raws back in the Attitude Era, you'd see signs like uh, Hustle's posting right now, and uh, like Hustle was a pretty well-known name in the wrestling uh, wrestling online media circles, I guess in a way. Just <laughs> a, a known writer, anyway. So Mav even got Hustle just to say the level of people he's getting. In this series, and for some reason, I'm this week's. <laughs> it's just just to see that the level of person he's had on it, and he want he wanted me to be in that series as well. So I'd cut. Oh, let's just say it was a. Oh, I don't. I didn't want to call it an honour. <laughs> That's a little bit too high. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I've been busy doing that this week. So that should post tomorrow, I think. Actually, um, as far as I know, it's not finished, and I've sent like massive rambles of text. <laughs> so I don't know if he needs to kind of do it. Uh, not it's like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. I watched that this week. <laughs> I, I was laughing because I said that I didn't want. Uh, I, I was laughing because I didn't really want to, like the anxiety levels. I didn't want kind of the reflections of what's going on in the real, real world that you kind of get when you watch uh, like the WWE or AW shows. Some that reflection of what's going on in reality. Just watching those shows, you kind of feel it there. And as somebody not from America, it's kind of hitting home. Just the what are you doing? seriously what are you doing and that's reflected in the wrestling shows too even in a minor degree it's just the fact i'm watching them is kind of there i'm able to distance in with one more than the other which i'll get to in a second but i was like oh yeah i don't want those uh, like anxieties of life kind of cropping up really uh and that's what's writing that i was like you watched apocalypse now yesterday <laughs> it's just yeah yeah that film doesn't like build anxiety towards like the social the social situations or anything like no no nice calm there's no social commentary at all <laughs> it's just like oh, i made myself laugh at that one yeah that was a that was a put on laugh just then just to add to it but still it was yeah yeah and that was a bit off topic but yes i'll be in i'll be in written form because i've not written a column in about a month and I'll get into it with this here. This isn't me rambling about nonsense. It does link. So I'll be... I've not written anything in a month. The main reason being, I've just kind of distanced from wrestling. And as I just said there, with the Apocalypse Now mini side ramble, that I, I'm a little bit... I wouldn't say pissed off with the what with the wrestling world right now. But I would say that I'm... Dis, I'm losing... In, I'm disinterested, but it's all, I don't have that feeling where I feel like I need to check in and watch... Like, I came very close to not watching AW this week, and that wasn't down to, like, oh, my God. What are are people saying on Twitter? It's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe Cody beat Ireland. That's that's just uh, awful. Um, For me, that came down more to if you are somebody who supported Darby Allin a bit more or you preferred his story, uh, then you were like, oh, God, it's awful. He lost. I was like, no, that's, that's good that you support him that much. That's good. You cared about him losing. That's the entire point <laughs> of it. That means that that means what they're doing is working. If you care that much that they lost, uh, but anyway, uh, so it, it was more to do with just the feeling overall right now between me and wrestling. I feel like I want to kind of step back a bit. Normally, throughout the summer, WWE does something that makes you just go, ah, no. Like they'll do the Saudi Arabia show, and then the actual product around it will suffer in consequence because of that Saudi Arabia show. And like all of the stuff that has to happen to set that show up, and then that it's always crap, <laughs> and then the shows that follow obviously have been hindered by the focus on Saudi Arabia, so it's like a warping effect for many while. And like normally, it's after a Saudi Arabia show, normally I'll tune out. The past two years since I've been doing them, I have tuned out of WWE all summer. When I say all summer, I tune in back in for summertime at like the end of the summer, but I normally jump to New Japan. Because the thing that helps is New Japan is my number one promotion. It's like when I say, oh, I stopped, watch w- I stopped watching WWE. I would make a quick note. Uh, this week has been absolutely knackering for me. <laughs> so I was 
ready for bed at like at nine thirty. I was ready to go, and that's and it's now like ten past midnight. So I will stumble over my words as my brain isn't working. Heed of warning, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, um, but yeah, I when I say I stopped watching WWE, that wasn't like oh my god, the wrestling I watched it just annoyed me so much. I just need to stop watching. It's like no. I watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> Me saying that I stopped watching WWE, that's one of the many. And there isn't this kind of blind loyalty I have to support like anybody. Like AW is a personal preference right now. They seem to be ticking more boxes for me personally. But if they do something to piss me off, they're not... I, I have no loyalty to a brand type of thing. Like business, The thing I've always seen it as, like businesses are not your friends. And if you, if they seem to be rewarding, you just want to keep you as a customer. Some of some companies are better than others, and that's kind of like the WWE thing. Uh, oh, which company was looking at in the uh, Sega in the nineties? They built up a lot of goodwill, and they burned it in terms of their consoles and everything. Uh, where they were top of the world, and then suddenly they just keep releasing weird, I guess, expanding parts of their games console instead of just bringing out a new thing, and just goodwill was burned in that time. So. Uh, yeah, why is that my point of comparison? <laughs> Such a random, nerdy point of comparison. My point being that I, when I say, oh, stop watching WWE, that's normally just because I am I can see the quality is not going to be there for a little while. Last year was way above anything. Like when it was the uh, wildcard rule on top of the Saudi Arabia stuff, which warps it anyway, then there was the wildcard rule, then there was like storylines seemingly... You'd see one thing happen one week and it, things weren't sticking. It's like they were throwing random crap at the wall. And after this, at that point, I was just kind of like, right, I'm just going to stop watching and I'll come back when things have settled down. I came back in for SummerSlam and I enjoyed the SummerSlam show itself, but I quickly realised that, that overall it was in a better... It was nowhere near as bad as it was, but it was kind of like in a settling down kind of thing, as in it was finding its structure again. And what kind of sucks for the whole like COVID thing was uh, like Monday Night Raw had found its run, it found its flow. The only issue for me being three hours is too long. It always outstays its welcome, even if I'm enjoying it. It's, it's I don't know if that's a personal thing, or if that's like a more general consensusy type of thing. Yeah, where even if I enjoy the shows, overall it's too much. And I want, I'm waiting for it to end rather than like oh my god I can't wait next week like during the main event. Which is always a shame, and that means when I tuned back in on Monday, I didn't have that. I very rarely have that feeling where Monday Night Raw has ended, and suddenly I'm like, I've got to watch the next episode. I can't wait to Raw. It's like, no, it's outstayed its welcome every week. So that feeling isn't there. I tune in because I'm a wrestling fan. I love wrestling and all that. Um, I'm going off topic. I'm meant to bring it back. So when I say I start watching WWE, that doesn't mean I've tuned out of most of wrestling. I'll still find I'll still see raw SmackDown stuff on my Twitter feed anyway, so I'm not cut off from wrestling. But New Japan is my number one promotion, and that's what really helps. So, for example, for the past two years, WWE do their Saudi Arabia th- thing, the bubble warps, and it takes a little while to settle back down. Last year was mental, like regardless of the Saudi Arabia thing. So I was able to tune out, go over to Japan, and be nice and happy. And then come back for SummerSlam when things have settled down a bit. They've got a big show to focus on. This year, I don't have that. There is no New Japan. They have cancelled all of their shows. You know, given the severity of what's going on, um, I guess a quick comparison is when I'm talking about a foreign promotion and that they're stopping running shows and things, uh, America is the only country operating like it is. And there is a reason for that, not in terms of... Um, uh, I was going to say politics, but not in terms of because it's difficult. You can't. Uh, the big thing that I've with this whole situation was they were saying you cannot compare country to country because every each individual country is so different, and it, it's kind of yeah, every, each country is so different. It's, it's not quite right to compare. You have to look at them individually and kind of just look at the numbers they're in and what people have done in other countries that has worked, kind of thing, and focus in on those little areas. Direct comparisons isn't really the way to go because they are so different. But, again, in terms of wrestling, the fact it's even still going on is like a massive thing for me. So, as I was saying, AEW have ticked more of my boxes. The thing that has really helped, and I said I'd bring this up earlier, the thing that has really helped is 
especially in comparison to WWE, where they're live every single week. And I'm just like, why are you getting people in to travel to the show to wrestle in this current environment when it is dangerous and there's a whole world I've already covered that around it about WWE being ruled essential, but it's on my conscience when I'm watching WWE. This won't be the case for everybody. A lot of people will be perfectly fine with this. But for me, when I'm watching WWE, that con- my conscience is there. I'm like, my morality meter ticks. And again, Mazza was, Mazza, Mav was telling me earlier this week that, yeah, it is probably shouldn't, you could pay a bit too much attention to that, <laughs> otherwise WWE would just piss you off, <laughs> like, regardless of this situation that will happen anyway. Uh, but just put your morality meter to the side when you watch WWE, because, yeah, you probably shouldn't start watching WWE if that's an issue for you, because <laughs> you will find out things. <laughs> uh, side note, Dark Side of the Ring has been bloody fantastic. I realise I'm covering up the chat as well. Uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, both on Spreaker and on the YouTube version, you can send me messages and things, and I'll read them out if I see them. Obviously, if you're a dick, I won't. <laughs> it's just, I've been quite lucky, actually. It's weird. When I started doing... Because I've been doing columns on lotsofpain.net and I've been doing these podcasts here for Lots of Pain Radio. Um, this is really like the first year where the interaction has really jumped up a lot. And I'm just like, I've not really encountered any dicks, like, directly. The only time I did was for not being racist and it wasn't even my column. <laughs> so somebody went off at me. For not being racist. Uh, that was the only time. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever like had a someone being a bit of a knob. Just co- like come directly at me. And that was a... It was odd because it wasn't even my column. <laughs> just, just like... Oh yeah, that... But yeah, so I've been quite lucky so far. With all of this. I've not really encountered anyone and even if as numbers go up as numbers go down as uh, the uh, column if a column does really well if a column does badly it doesn't matter the the lines are still the same <laughs> just yeah like even in critique they're nice critique it's odd what's wrong with you internet <laughs> nobody's like this I think Laws of Pain is lucky that we've got Tito who attracts a lot of that kind of attention and the rest of us kind of get the drip feed system of just the nicer people who are just going through or it's an odd one maybe it's I don't know I was told the way that you write or the way that you talk uh, if, the way the manner in which you do that will attract that kind of listener that kind of fan so if you talk overtly negative then that's the kind of response you will get um, I guess JD from New York is a really good example of that if you talk in a certain way then that is the manner of which the audience you will attract me I'm chirpy chappy from England whenever I have a guest on it's more like a chat around a cup of tea don't really do interviews as in uh, people who have had on in the past I've not really interviewed it's just like a chat on a cup of tea yeah <laughs> just talk about wrestling with a nice hot cocoa I said cup of tea but you know not everyone drinks tea let's <laughs> involve everybody <laughs> so yeah uh, I probably should kick up stuff like that again. Um, quickly running out of content <laughs> as I'm not watching. Because that's the other thing as well. So with WWE being live to get back on track, uh, that my conscience is worrying. That thing is there that I know that they are physically there every single week and they are putting themselves at risk every single week. When I'm watching AEW, the massive difference is that it's taped. Yes, I am against the fact that they taped it in the first place, but... It is taped. I'm watching that and I'm like, they are not there right now. They are at home and safe. So there is that. The thing that kind of irked me a bit, just to kind of to prove my point of, as in, yes, I'm appreciating them more, but I don't have a blind loyalty. You shouldn't have a blind loyalty for like any business, really, because you probably get taken advantage of. But the that's a very negative way. <laughs> I look at the world quite negatively, it turns out, even though I'm a chirpy chappy. But yeah, so with AEW... They announced last week that uh, first news was coming out that they were going to be going live again. Uh, what the report meant was they'll be getting together to do Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing would go out live, I think. Then the first episode of AEW would also go live, but on that t- at that point they would also re- do a bulk record again, meaning that outside of that week where they do Double on or like three or four day period from Sunday, sorry, from Saturday to Wednesday. In that period, they will go live on both of those shows, then they will record again. Given the actual gravity of the situation, 
because it's really it's, it's really difficult to talk about because it's really irritating that in America it's become political because it isn't anywhere else. So when I'm talking about it, it's from a European point of I say so you've the European perspective. I guess the Oceania perspective, the Asian perspective, African perspective. It's only America, <laughs> and that is my core audience. So it's really difficult to talk about. Yeah, it's not political, but in America it is political. So me, it's automatically becoming it, even though it's really difficult for me to talk about it without entering that world. As in, just talking about the topic now. I've said the word political quite a lot, but that's only because it is in America. It isn't anywhere else. I'm just trying to get that across <laughs> that I am not being political. It will may sound it to you if you are in America listening to it, and you're of a certain line of thinking. Where, yeah, I'm. Yes. Anyway, just to bring it back, these shows should not be happening. I am a get his wrestling should have stopped. Like everything else, is it essential? Piss off! Is it essential? No, these shows should not be happening. WWE being live every single week. My con, I really struggle to watch the shows and enjoy them as much. I can enjoy bits of them and things. Of WrestleMania, I was saying that I can selfishly say that I may not, I may be against the danger that people are putting themselves in to do the shows in the first place, uh, the effort, the commendability of the effort, as I brought up earlier. But I can selfishly say that, well, I can selfishly say I enjoyed those shows, even if I am against the way they were made. And it's the same thing here. I can enjoy the shows for a bit but I'm against I am against the way they are being made they should not be being made is the end point of it but they are <laughs> as in it's uh, you can't look at it and just go they did teach about the plague in American schools right <laughs> it's a a massive thing that there was the 19 uh, what bloody year was it it's 1918 when it the 1918 flu whatever that was because that'd be it's, it's, it's a bit more complicated than just the 1983, because that's when it became massive, but it was spread to Europe from America in 1917, and then obviously grew in 1918. So, yeah. Like like this COVID here, where it's called COVID-19, even though the big explosion is 20. So, yeah. Not because it's the 19th one. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Coronavirus disease 2019 is what COVID-19 means. Uh, I've explained that so many times. How many viewers have I lost? Like one. <laughs> that's actually quite good. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know a massive, that's a massive tangent, side tangent. But yeah, so WWE, that is there. And I've been enjoying AW because that morality ticker thing isn't there because it's not live. It is taped it was recorded they are not there doing that when i'm watching it and that really helps knowing that those people recorded in bulk and then went home and stayed home stayed safe wwe they are constantly in danger for every show i'm watching for and for no reason that it just this isn't a thing that should be happening at all but it is and i understand totally why and part of uh tackling this this disease was to create that fi- to do everything you can to create a feeling that there's no pressure to get back to work. That is like one of the ways to tackle it. It's fair to say in that respect, America was not set up for it in any way, and that's there is a massive pressure to get back to work. Two way point where it it's you see what's happening now today. I won't get any more into it, and that is what's exactly that's what's happening. I guess right here as well. There is that pressure to work. And in that respect, America has failed miserably. Um, it's difficult. Again, I'm not talking about that in a political way. I just mean specifically in measuring the coronavirus disease and doing your best to, against it. That That is a massive red flag. I'm in a country with multiple red flags too. <laughs> just, to, just to put that out there as well. It's like, yes, I, I am very aware that in Britain we are... If I'm right, like like for example, in testing, we are per million worse than America. So if I'm right, me us and America are like right next to each other in the table. I can't remember how far down we are. We're not at the top in terms of testing. Just to put that out there, <laughs> I think we were like sixth or seventh down in this like the tiered list. Both of us, uh, if you're like measuring it per million, who's doing the most tests? Actually, who's doing the yeah, most tests per million. And like, we're, us in America, we're lower than America. So, yeah, just put that there. We are not doing that great a job <laughs> ourselves. But uh, we are at least staying in lockdown. And the pressure to get back to work isn't as much there. Because, you know, 
as being dirty socialists. Suddenly we've got protections to stop us from being feeling like we're forced to go back to work. There's a different aspect here in terms of entertainment. And that's where it branches over to AEW as well, where there's that need to... Where's that feeling like we are doing this to give you some entertainment in this dark time? And WWE and AEW seem to be going about it slightly different ways, with the Raw and SmackDown being live every single week. Is NXT live as well? Surely they are. And AEW going live that other week. Because I put out a tweet when I found out. I was like, I'm just saying, I'm dead set against this. If they are, if they do switch to going live, I won't watch them. Which is what has happened with Raw and SmackDown. So in terms of me saying, I probably should start talking about guests because I am running out of content because I am not watching Raw, SmackDown or NXT. These past two weeks, I've since WrestleMania, I think I might have watched the first Raw and then I didn't watch SmackDown. I've not watched anything since. Just like YouTube clips and stuff now. Not YouTube. Like stuff I see on Twitter. I'll click a GIF, for example. But AEW, I've continued to watch. And a pretty certain part of it is because I know they are not there physically. They are at home. They are fine. But at Double or Nothing, that changes. When I cover... And that's the other thing as well. I've, I, me doing Aftershock, Four Lords of Pain. I will be watching the papers. I'll be talking about them and covering them. And... Obviously, with morality ticker, I mean, not even watching <laughs> Ron Smackdown. I'm in for a different boat. Oh, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm in for a different trip than a few other people when they watch Money in the Bank. Oh, there's another tagline that came out today, which is hilarious. I was going to search for it, but nope. Instead, I just knocked the charger out of my phone, <laughs> like every normal person does. Ah, oh, but yeah, I've, I've entered full on ramble, to be fair. Yeah, so that is that pressure is there. And that irritates me. That's, that's, more, that's a very, very personal look at it. In terms of... Uh, I guess describe it as a personal bias, but that's not the right word. As in, my personal outlook on this other thing directly affects my viewing of the shows. And if AW were to join the same thing, then I'd struggle to watch that as well. It's, they are not separate from this. So, and, it was, and normally I jump to New Japan at this point. But that doesn't exist right now. They are in limbo with the rest of the world. The only reason these shows exist because they're in America and they can benefit from the being wrestling being named essential, which you know it never should have been. So yeah, but in terms of the actual quality of said shows, so obviously I'm judging Raw, SmackDown, and NXT off different stuff. But word of mouth in terms of Raw and SmackDown, specifically Raw, I'll start with Raw actually. I split them up. One night Raw, word of mouth is pretty good. With the fact that they're too long, which is like as soon as I was seeing like the messages and listening to the various podcasts and commenters on things on uh, Twitter and different news sites, it's just like it's like I can relate to that. Where I've enjoyed Monday Night Raw, but it was too long, and by the end of it, I was kind of uh, uh, there's a growing feeling of wrestlers of the actual size of the roster being felt a little bit as you're seeing repeat matches. Uh, case in point was Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, where. Um, well, I can't remember who was listening to talk about this, but it made me laugh. Where they, in the build-up, we're, we're talking about Liv Morgan, because they're promoting her pretty well. They've done that with quite a few people, like Apollo Crews as well. He's been lifted pretty damn well in this era. But with Liv Morgan, another one, they were talking about how after last week she defeated Ruby Riot, and then it's time for her to move on. What's going to be her next thing? And she's accomplished this. She's, t- she's bested Ruby Riot. Liv Morgan can now move on to the next challenge. And... Uh, after the break, she will be having. If you will prove that by having a rematch against Ruby Riot, <laughs> it's just um, a source of complaints. Whilst I just found that funny, <laughs> it's just like yeah, like the story they're telling and reality had a little bit of a clash there, where the story they wanted to tell of Liv Morgan triumphing, tri- tri- triumphing. There we go, triumphing over her former stablemate leader in Ruby Riot. And now she's ready to prove that she has moved past Ruby Riot. She's going to do that by facing Ruby Riot. <laughs> the story of Liv Morgan moving on and progressing her career and climbing that ladder. But also, the, everywhere's in lockdown. <laughs> and a lot of wrestlers, the side of the roster they've actually got to work with is way, way smaller. So maybe don't jump up the ladder that quickly and just stay on a rung or in between rungs. <laughs> it's just going to have to play this slowly and a lot more wiser, get creative. And that's the other thing as well. I'm seeing a lot of praise for WWE. When they've got their back against the wall, they are forced to get creative. That's exactly what they are doing in this situation. And that's great to hear. That's great to see. Even if it's like, uh, I guess my, 
even though I've talked about my morality compass, the number one reason is there's something about the WWE production. They've adapted really well. It's just not my cup of tea. With these empty arena shows, the way that they're producing it, I was I was in for the ride, the way to WrestleMania. But after that, when these empty arena shows have continued, I'm just like, no, (laughs) it's just not clicking for me in that kind of long term prospect. Where I am, I was fine with it for a short amount of time, but when it's this is the product now, it's just not for me. And that doesn't and put that on top of the morality ticker. And I'm just, yeah, no, yes, it's not really working for me. But it is good to see the positives around Monday Night Raw. SmackDown seems to be in a very similar comparison position as they were before the COVID-19 issues. So, like, Monday Night Raw, before all this went down, Monday Night Raw had hit a nice flow. They were building really well. What really helped, obviously, was Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble. That don't hurt. And... They were building really nicely. Their storylines would be going, flowing relatively well. They were building new stars to a pretty damn strong degree. Things were going well. Whilst for me, SmackDown was displaying every single trait of WWE that I dislike all packed up into one show. Like Described it the other day as uh, the, oh, the all-in-one unhappy meal at <laughs> WWE McDonald's. Where it's just, or at WWE, the all-in-one unhappy meal. And I, just, I really didn't like SmackDown. And with my column, because I did, a, I was doing a re- weekly column where I was talking about all four shows: Dynamite, NXT, SmackDown, Raw. And some weeks I just wouldn't. I'd post something completely different. What happened there? I was watching one of the shows, and it was normally SmackDown. And I was just like, "Sod this! <laughs> I'm just gonna write about something else. <laughs> just a completely different topic, so I don't have to continue watching SmackDown." Like again, that is a one hundred percent opinion thing because I know there are quite a few people where this new SmackDown on Fox it is way more up their street than what a, a different show is doing, be it like NXT, Raw, AW, whatever. In terms of what I like, nah, like so against it. <laughs> I think the only thing that I definitely gravitated towards was the Fiend, but I was having to ignore a lot of stuff or put pieces together that weren't necessarily definitely there, but they did... Like, I was making sense of what they were presenting to me. I was doing what I could to use those pieces and put the story together myself. And in the nature of The Fiend, it kind of encourages that. So it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole. And I was genuinely enjoying doing that in a way. But, like, for the rest of the show... Uh, yeah, give or take, really. Like, Mandy versus Otis, some people got really behind that. I was just like, yeah, I mean, I've never really gotten into these storylines, really. It's just the way they tell them isn't going to get me invested. But I could see it was working, so kudos there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just for SmackDown on Fox, just the nature of it is just not for me. So when I was kind of forcing myself... But it seems to be a slightly similar thing here as well. When One Night Raw is pushing that new talent, and uh, it's like, that's a new land of opportunity, I guess, in a way. And it seems to be like in a massive positive way as well. Just building new stars. Apollo Crews and Alistair Black really jumping up. Uh, Liv Morgan, who I've already mentioned, like really benefiting from this system. Asuka's getting a lot of focus. She was before, but since WrestleMania, it, you really feel it. Obviously, it helps Drew McIntyre as well. Uh, Seth Rollins too, with Kevin Owens not there. He's kind of stepped up to the plate to, as well to be that first challenger to Drew McIntyre. Jinder Mahal's back. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but they about, we were drilling it in this week that Jinder Mahal is a former world champion. And maybe it's because they're low on former world champions and they're going to push him seriously. Uh, but McIntyre versus Mahal, do, do not be surprised if that comes up relatively shortly as like the next title thing. Uh, personally, I would have that take place over the course of maybe one Raw, two at most. As in, bring that up, do the match. Which is something that WWE have done before. Like, you bring up something that is relevant, like Mahal and McIntyre were both in 3MB. You don't particularly want to hinge a pay-per-view championship match on that story, but you do want to, like, make sure that you have, like, brought that up to attention and addressed it. That you have addressed that fact. You can do that on one more. <laughs> you don't need to build a full pay-per-view build to that. Yeah, that would be my personal preference. But they are, obviously, a much tighter roster there's a lot less to work with and I guess it's not the end of the world if they do go to Mahal McIntyre immediately or quicker than I would do it or at a higher level than I would do it given the situation because again 
in terms of what would Imp do? Well, in a dream world, that pressure to work isn't there, therefore they don't work. <laughs> As in, they don't feel forced to have to go. And here, the, the talk about how bad it is with the people getting furloughed and things, and it's such a different narrative over here to that word. It is crazy to hear how negative the connotations are in America to it compared to over here. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a little bit, I guess, worrying that they have to continue. And how dry will things get, depending on how long this lasts? Because all because like a state rules it fine to go out, like. In actual fact, the, the virus is still there. So we were best, like Roman Reigns isn't going to return. Like in terms of SmackDown, as I was slowly moving on to, like Roman Reigns isn't coming back until this virus is ge- des- like, genuinely dealt with. It doesn't matter what state says, "Oh, it's fine now." In you know, like following the science, following the actual disease and tracking it and everything. Yeah, if Roman Reigns is playing it extremely wise, taking uh, taking out that context of having to do something for WWE or SmackDown just very personal to himself of no, I, I am at risk doing these shows so I'm not going to do them but yeah, good for him which is what, assumably there are lots of people in that same situation, I don't know like how many of the foreign wrestlers, by foreign I can include Canadian as well Like how many of those did WrestleMania then lockdowns were put in and suddenly they they can't even if they wanted to which is a realistic thing. That's what happened with a lot of the British wrestlers. Pete Dunne, that's why on NXT he got stripped of the title. Physically, cannot get to the shows. It's not going to happen. Even if America opens up, the UK isn't. So he's still not going to get there. So th- that is that situation. So, yeah. So I don't know... So, again, hearing the slight complaint about Mahal McIntyre possibly being a thing, personally, given the depth they've got to work with, have at it. <laughs> like if you must carry on with these shows, why not just stretch it out a bit? I guess it's not the end of the world. You're going to be desperate for content by the end of the summer or by the end of the year, depending on how long the serious nature of it is. Because they could go the roster a bit, but like for example, Roman Reigns is not going to return in those circumstances. It's going to have to be like genuinely dealt with, not politically dealt with, until Roman Reigns moves forward. And that's a realistic thing. And there'll be other people in the roster who probably feel the same way. Uh, which is interesting, I guess, for, again, the depth they have. Mahal can... Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to criticise them for pushing Mahal in that manner. Because they're low and they need people to keep it going. Uh, on the SmackDown side, personally, wouldn't have gone with Strowman Wyatt in the perfect circumstances. I don't know if they're going to... Because if the original plan was Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania before Goldberg mucked it up and then Roman Reigns wasn't able to wrestle, as then they went with... <laughs> of course, by that point, Bray Wyatt's facing John Cena, so I guess we'll go Braun Strowman. But yeah, if that is a situation where they want the title on Wyatt, yeah. Obviously, I don't know what kind of match the two are going to have between each other. Uh, the main focus is really the money in the bank builds with those two matches where... I can look at it and I can go, the concept where WWE are forced creatively into a corner, they are doing it again. They're coming up with intuitive ideas <laughs> and they're pre-recording their version of the raid. <laughs> they're just climbing up to the top of WWE headquarters. I don't know which one I prefer. The raid where each level has higher level ninjas <laughs> to combat. Or if it's, you know, that race isn't right, but where it's your combatants and they just brawl through. Uh, the big example was um, the, that WWE advert, and it was brought to my attention. Oh, why am I forgetting names? Ah. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Quick and painless. You. <laughs> I remember your podcast name. Why can't I remember your name? Uh, yeah, brought to the attention of um, like the WWE advert, and there's like, CGI explosions and things. I was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> I doubt they have the budget and the editing kind of team to do it, but oh, I'll be totally down for CGI explosions. <laughs> like, yes. Like, don't even try. Just bang CGI explosion. You can maybe... I don't even think you can break the glass because you haven't got the level <laughs> that you... The level of, I guess, quick replacement and, I guess, clean-up. That, that's not there as it normally would be. But yeah, totally be up for CGI explosions. Uh, the shot of the roof, where it was like surrounded by trees and things, just very British reference of Day of the Triffids, which is about plant 
triffids, uh, the plants, the triffids, like coming to life, or aliens that look like triffids. I can't remember which one it was, but oh yeah, awesome movie, <laughs> really good movie, amazing attention. With the added thing that these creatures move slowly, but the humans are now blind, so they can't move as quick either. So like, and they can't see this slow-moving thing. Oh, it's genius! <laughs> genius of building up tension, and a British creation, so I can hype it up. <laughs> Massive tangent. Anyway, so the it looks interesting. I'll be perfectly honest. And again, it's the exact same thing I was saying earlier. I'm against the world in which this is being created, or the environment in which it, the match is being created. But I can be selfish and also say that the match itself does interest me. I'm really interested to see what they do. And the thing that kind of... I've kind of had my like morality sticker taken away from me. Because I'm covering the pay-per-view for Laws of Pain. I don't have to watch the television. But I do have to cover the show for Laws of Pain on Aftershock. So I'll be live immediately after Money in the Bank to talk about it. I'm generally looking forward to what the hell it's going to be. Which... That is nice. And... Because I'm proving in a way that, that in terms of like assessing situ- this situation with the mixture of emotions going on, it is not straightforward. I feel a multitude of things that do contradict each other. As I was saying, that like, I didn't want to watch WWE because of the moral conflict in me, but I am also excited for this random thing, Money in the Bank. Those two feelings do exist at the exact same time, even though they contradict each other. It's <laughs> It's not an easy thing for me to digest. Especially as it's taking place in a world so different to mine. In terms of like comparing America to the rest of the world, like the world right now for America is so different to everywhere else that it's really weird for me to grasp and figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, which brings me to AW, who've also got a pay per view on the horizon. I can't remember how many weeks into May it is, but I don't think it's many. And I'll also be live after that for AW after shot double or nothing. Don't know if, I, if I'll have friends for that one because normally I do, but I won't see it anyway. Tangent. <laughs> so. Uh, with double or nothing, nothing. There seems there's another there's a similar thing as well where it's majority live show. I'm assuming there might be a pre-tape thing in there as well. They might get get creative too, but overall live show wrestling featured. Their setup works a little bit better in terms of the stuff. Obviously, with this setup you've been seeing on television, that was before like strict, restrictions became even stricter. Like they were strict when they filmed it. But they had like people spaced out in the crowd. Now where the rules are even stricter, I don't know if they'd be able to do that. Like the reason they're able to see the crowd every week on an AEW show is because that was taped weeks ago. They are not there now in that situation. So when they when they obviously when they do double or nothing or these new tapings, will that be there or not? I don't know. I like that environment that creates. It immediately makes it different, and the way that WWE presents the WWE, where the way AW presents their wrestling, makes it a lot easier to get into. Somebody pointed out that the reason they were finding AW way easier to get into was because they were carrying on just as normal, just telling their stories like they would have anyway. Obviously, just like WWE, their roster is smaller; they can't they can't really expand too far. There are a lot of stories that they can't really do. But they're carrying on, like, narratively, in terms of what they're presenting, they're carrying on as normal. You don't get that sense of filler like you kind of do with WWE. But with that, there's... There is that... Yeah, there is that feeling with a with WWE where there's a little bit of filler happening, where especially with repeat matches to that level. AEW, there isn't that. They're continuing to tell the stories as normal. Uh, NXT... Seemingly about the stretching out takeover for me was a good idea. Um, doing that on the NXT shows themselves gave them a lot of content. Now they're in a weird bubble where there isn't really anything to get into, and the Candice LeRae and Gargano double heel turn not really w- working for me <laughs> personally. I know they can do it, but that I'm not really. It's weird. I know I know they will be good at it, even if I'm not currently feeling it. I guess like one comparison might be. Like when NXT gets raided, like when the women's division got raided and you saw the complaints of, oh God, it's empty, there's nothing there. Like within just a few months, it became stacked and now it's incredibly stacked. It's just like, same with New Japan when there was a talent exodus for AEW. Oh my God, the and New Japan and no point in watching anymore, they're so bare. It was what, three months and they were back on track? <laughs> so there is that. Right. Just give it time, type of thing. That's how I feel with Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano. Not currently feeling it, but I'll give it time. I'll see if they click. I'll see if they, they do change my mind and things. 
So, yeah. Anyway, that's a slight tangent. Maybe talking about AEW. So, again, with AEW, they're continuing as normal. That's really helped. Uh, with Double or Nothing being live, yeah, it's, I'll see what happens there, see the covering of it. But it's a similar th- feeling, similar conflict, where I feel like I shouldn't... Uh, morally, I'm against the thing happening live. Wrestling shouldn't be happening. Entertainment-wise, I know I'll be entertained by it. I know I'll enjoy it. Their style of wrestling's right up my tree, and I've enjoyed the way they've done the presentation on Dynamite as well. So, like, even a new batch of recordings isn't really going to change that if they do it in a similar vein. So it's a moral conflict fit in, also put together with the fact that their style of entertainment does work for me. It's a weird mix of emotions, which I'm finding hard to kind of talk about. So yeah. So final thing to do with AW. The thing that has kind of helped as well with the flow is the TNT Championship. Uh, personally, I'm fine with it. I, I, I prefer that to the name of Television Championship. I don't know. I don't know why. Like ECW had a TV championship. WCW had a TV championship. I think like lower below United States. Is that true? Or am I talking bollocks? <laughs> but with that, uh, with that championship, I prefer. I'm, I'm fine with the name. Doesn't really matter. It very quickly becomes the name of the thing. My brother, he's got a relatively successful YouTube channel. That channel's called Ars Raptor. To me, that's just the name of the thing. <laughs> to, too few people who's just like, oh, that's a bit graphic, or arse dinosaur. <laughs> it's like really weird, two other ends of the spectrum. And for me, that's just the name of the thing. No feeling to it. That's <laughs> just, again, just the name of the thing. Uh, yeah, TNT Championship, very quickly, that's just, yeah, it's the name of the thing. I know what it is. It doesn't sound that I'm fine with it. Uh, that happened with, like, even with the Universal Championship, at first, like, I don't like it. I don't like the colour red. I didn't like. I didn't like a lot of it to do with the championship. Thought the name was a bit stupid, but very quickly just becomes the name of the thing, and then you're fine with it. So yeah, very quick. But in terms of the way they're doing the tournament, I've enjoyed it. The setup for it, and of course, it lent into uh, as we know now spoilers for last night's show. Lance Archer and Cody both won their matches. So what was built up on when when they were able to still be in a big arena? Uh, Lance Archer and Cody will now be facing each other. For in the finals, uh, there was a bit of a kickback against uh, Darby Allin. In terms of building new stars, Lance Archer is now in the final. There's a strong feeling of Cody winning, be it not for something else. So an outside interference or an MJF screw-up again. Or screwing, as in, because he's... I don't know if he's doing the videos at his home because he genuinely can't be there, but they want to keep him in people's minds. Or if he's there keeping him relevant but not having him physically be there so if he is physically there at double or nothing and costs Cody then it it's unexpected at least not in any storylines they're not expecting him to be there I like that idea that I've just came up with <laughs> uh, as he recovers from his from accidentally doing a slight he nipped his neck while shaving the, oh he's just oh awful awful injury to have to succumb to and hopefully he can recover in time for double or nothing in like three or four weeks whatever it is so I've got it in like two weeks. Bloody hell, <laughs> that's the date. It's, yeah, because for me again, I'm, I'm England. I'm already into May. It's already started for me. So yeah, it's the future. What the future looks like. Uh, but yeah, the tournament has helped the show progress as well. There's that to build up to. Uh, like with WWE, the Money in the Bank matches, the qualifying matches there, they do help with that as the match gets more established and you start more directly building. It loses that a tad because you can't continue with the qualifying stuff. Um, sometimes they do that really well like where everybody was at the top of the ladders having an argument uh, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, I think Sami Zayn was there as well Cesaro, like, that was an awesome segment <laughs> I loved that uh, sometimes they nail it, sometimes it's just a bit uh, com- uh, money in the bank combatants have a tag match and it's like, oh I mean it's reminded me that there is a match there but there's no real animosity between any of the competitors there. I guess that's fine, whatever. Again, this year I've not watched enough of Raw SmackDown to really address that, but I have seen that the qualifying matches went down well. So they, the qualifying stage they nailed. It's just the these last couple of weeks building up to the show, how well do they handle those? Especially given it's such a different idea as well. Uh, yeah. And it's been talking about AW. So the TNT Championship Tournament has really helped, like, interested in terms of keeping on going as well. You've got your normal stories building. Um, I don't know as well if it's... Because it's closer to an indie presentation. 
that the massive amount of fans not being there isn't as big of an issue. Because uh, like AW weren't selling out every single arena anyway, so it wasn't like a massive necessity in that way for the show. And again, being closer to an indie style where there are typically smaller audiences, like what we've got here, where is what is there even ten people at ringside? Like, yeah, that it, the style fits it, and the focusing on the storytelling so strongly that it doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah, it works for me. Then the championship tournament has been a nice investment. Uh, I address Cody versus uh, Derby as well. It's a thing where in W in AW, it's not as clean cut as you are good guy, you are bad guy. You do a good. You, that means you only do your good guy things, or you only do bad guy things. Like the, it's a lot more fluid in AW, and uh, Cody healing it up a tad fits into that really really well. That that is something which doesn't really like the Young Bucks versus uh, Omega and Hangman like. There was a lot of heelish work from Young Bucks. Are they bad guys? No. <laughs> the elite are the goodies. <laughs> End of that. But there's that. I, I like that addition. Just kind of nodding that, yes, Cody won, but it was like with a crucifix pin, like at the end locking it in. It wasn't a, I definitely beat you type of thing. Like it's a, I, more like he survived Darby Allin than probably beat him. And he used underhanded tactics to do it as well. When you look at like the overall momentum of the match, so there is quite a bit. It's not. A, it wasn't a clean cut Cody win. Definitely beat him type of thing. Like the that's the other thing as well. In terms of rewiring your brain, like we're so conditioned from like twenty years of nothing but WWE that certain well what you see on TV they lead to certain things normally within a certain time frame as well. And AEW, it's like rewiring your brain. And there's a lot of tropes which are just, uh, they're not like super innovative out of nowhere. Like, a lot of the tropes that they're doing are just from older wrestling. Like There's nothing new there. <laughs> they're just bringing back stuff uh, is, rather than everything being new. There is new stuff in there, but they are, there's a lot of reverting to what worked in the past and bringing it back. Uh, obviously now the big caveat being there's no live crowd to react to it. Also a massive plus... WWE, uh, WWE have done it a tad, but AEW have done a really good job of featuring independent wrestlers, like giving them a gig on this as well. So that's a bit, that's a nice little touch as well. So thumbs up for that. But overall, Dynamite for me, their shows have been a lot more solid than WWE's. WWE, Run Like Raw is doing a really good job of building to the new stars. But again, the show's too long. Smackdown, it's just not for me. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's just it's just not for me. Um, I've completely tuned it out. I don't even see... Like, my timeline doesn't really update me either. Like, again, like show the, the complete interest. With Monday Night Raw, I normally will click to play a GIF. Like, multiple GIFs that come up on my timeline, posted by people. I will look at those so I know what's happening. Smackdown, I don't even click the play button. Just to show my level of interest, it's just not there at all. Uh, NXT I would click it, AW would click it. Like, it's just SmackDown for some reason. I just don't want to click that play button. My investment is like totally not there. Uh, but again, AW, I am in. I'm enjoying it. It's just uh, I know that moral conflict is coming at Double or Nothing when I'll be recording it. it and I, yeah, understand. I've got an understanding of reasons, and I know I'm speaking in a in a perfect world scenarios. Certain things would happen. It's not a perfect world, so we get this. So yeah. Yeah, I have had to get a bit more political. But really, in terms of wrestling in lockdown, is it shit? It really does depend on your personal preferences here. AW focusing so heavily on not really changing the product, what they're presenting in the ring that much, that's worked for me. It won't work for others. Same with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, the way the different things they're focusing on will work for some and not for others. Like, I'm really digging them pushing the new stars. That's not going to work for everybody else, but I really like that aspect. For others, the show being three hours isn't an issue. For me, it is, like every single week. And again, I've already brought it up with SmackDown. The the more sports entertainment things they focus on, like SmackDown is very WWE. It's just a lot of the WWE tropes I don't personally like that much. They are all there on SmackDown, and other people will be fine with them. As I said, some people are really into Mandy Rose and Notice. I am just there. <laughs> like it's 
perfectly fine mid-card fodder. And yeah, it's it's harmless and it's an, it's harmless fun, I guess I'll put it. I like that. Uh, NXT, I feel like it might be in the most trouble with me. Because I know where my opinion is on the others. So like, yeah, with SmackDown, a total disregard. AW, totally in. Raw, in the middle, in and out. NXT, I've got no idea. It seems to be like from week to week. I like one thing, I don't like another. Uh, the show's up and down in my investment. Like completely up and down. It's an odd one, really. Uh, but yes, it, and of course, with the actual production of the empty arenas as well, the, the production side has gone really well, but it depends how much with the atmosphere as well. Like The thing that really hits me with, uh, be it AW or SmackDown, for example, like, the thing that really hits me is when the bell rings, when the competitor gets their raised hand, there isn't that kind of boom that normally ac- accompanies that. And that is really apparent to me. And it just takes the edge away a little bit. The thing that helps with AEW is the commentary. Where in WWE, they have stuck with the same method of commentary, and for me, that actively hinders it. With AEW, Chris Jericho is amazing. <laughs> His commentary. I absolutely love that man on commentary. Could listen, listen to him and uh, Tony Giovanni all day. I think they are fantastic. And it's just a shame... That he has to go and do wrestling again. Because <laughs> I think he's brilliant in that role. Um, also just the image. Like this week when I turned on Dynamite. He got a laugh out of me. By just being there. And just wearing clothes. <laughs> just his get up. Where I was just like this is Chris Jericho's. Um, like coronavirus suit. Where he's got his gloves on. And he's got his full arm length jacket. But he's not wearing anything under that. <laughs> he's got a tie on I think. But he's like he's bare chested, <laughs> and he's just with his hair all straightened as well and down, uh, shades on. This is like the image made me laugh, and I, was, and I just I yeah, just looking at him, I laughed. It's like yes, you are fantastic. Like it made me laugh, but it was still in that way of he is a he is like the top guy, top top bad guy in his smarmy heel group. But I love him. <laughs> I think he's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, for me that's like the final kind of point. Because the, the crowd is a big thing for me, which sometimes feels really awkward. feels more so in Raw because they rely so heavily on certain tropes that they're having to make a bigger adjustment. It uh, feels more natural in AEW having the kind of like the workers or the indie stars at ringside does help. With WWE, it kind of feels apparent. But the commentary is the number one thing. Like with AEW, I can enjoy the commentators. Uh, they come up with just stuff that makes me laugh. Raw and SmackDown and NXT, they've still got that super scripted nature to them. And I don't think they are as scripted as they have been in the past, but it's still pretty bad. <laughs> and it really take, takes out of my enjoyment hearing that level of it, like the overproduced nature of it. Which is, again, another pet peeve. If you find AW to be underproduced, that obviously gives a different thing. With Raw and SmackDown, if you find that, uh, I personally find them to be overproduced still to this point here, like, the commentator's a massive massive example of that. Like, that's been a trope with WWE for ages, though. Like, the SmackDown I grew up in had piped in everything, which was becoming super outdated at that point, and uh, that's just a thing WWE do. And there was an idea of, well, where do we get crowd noise from? Do we just pipe it in? Or do we have people like, around the screen making noise as well for pay-per-views and just, like, no, every idea is kind of awkward. They rely so heavily on that reaction that it just feels awkward without it. And it's apparent. But again, for some people can see past that, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, and the fu- yeah, final point being a commentary. It, AW, it's... Chris Jericho makes me laugh every week. He just comes up with stuff. Uh, the way that he covered for a mistake as well, like he just took the piss out of it, where it was a Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian versus the best friends in a no disqualification match where they were using chairs and weapons. And uh, at one point, one of the, uh, I think it was Kip Saban just tagged in Jimmy Havoc all the other way around. And Chris Jericho was just like, oh, just like so, so gentlemanly of them, just like in a no disqualification match, still doing a tag. <laughs> like so gentlemanly and kind of them <laughs> to adhere to that. <laughs> like, yeah, like a mistake happens. Obviously, they tagged in in a no disqualification match. Yeah, and Chris Jericho immediately saw it, took the piss out of it. Because that's one thing I've noticed as well. In terms of covering the wrestling and 
able to shine a light on, on an error that happens, but just the way that he... I'll say he doesn't go, oh, that was bad, or like the common trick we see nowadays of, oh, I don't think he got all of that. The way Chris Jericho covers it, keeps it within the story they're trying to tell and still gets the talent over. But just listening to him, it's just like, oh, please, when you, whenever it is that you unfortunately do have to stop, just please do commentary, because he's so good at it, at the core stuff, that the point of it, he gets everybody over, which is just like the best thing for a commentator. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've rambled on about that enough. I've gone an hour long, I wanted to go shorter than that, because I am absolutely bloody knackered. And I started late. So anyway, thank you for listening to that ramble. Uh, so, well, I guess, do you want a conclusion to, is, is, is it any good, this current wrestling? It depends on you. I can't give you a definitive answer. For me, I'm going off the WWE way of doing it. AW's up my street. And, but I know the, uh, but I will have to reassess when that moral conflict happens with AW. Uh, where they are set, they're not going to be going live every week, according to the information. Again, we'll wait and see, but that is the information right now, uh, which isn't as bad as going live every week, but I'm still not for it. So we'll see what happens when that moral conflict happens. Am I still able to enjoy AW to the levels I am right now? And as well, will Chris Jericho be in commentary? That's like my big one. <laughs> like in terms of all the shows, the big thing that, in terms of the empty arena matches, like the noise you hear the most because you don't hear the crowd is the commentators. And in WWE, I don't like the way they produce them. In AEW, there's just a lot more natural flow and jest, and that really, really helps. So yeah, it's entertaining people being entertaining rather than scripted and told what to say. And that really helps for me. Anyway... I'll be back next Thursday to talk about something. I might do my best to try and book a guest. Oh, Dr. Zeusing it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, please check out the other shows here on LOP Radio. Live after AEW is our AEW post show, Dynamite After Dark with Jamin and Jeff. That show for this week is already up on YouTube if you want to go listen to it. On the Laws of Pain YouTube, it's already there. Uh, Fridays is the Legacy Series. Uh, it's not the Legacy Series. It's WWF Legacy Series. Uh, Myths fan and Mystic are back to that series talking about what was it this week? It was a main event or something from the 80s. Because <laughs> the, yeah, the latest series of WWF slowly working their way through. So informative. So much effort put into the research for it. Highly worth uh, watching. Um, shows Their shows I hold back on immediately uploading because it's like, oh, if I ever find the time, I could just edit those, like do a full on edit and it'd be awesome. Anyway, uh, Saturdays and Sundays are reserved for pay-per-view slots of coverage of that. Uh, Tuesdays is Kingdom of Honor with Jam and his friend Jeff talking whatever wrestling stuff. Uh, also on the Laws of Pain YouTube channel, we have got the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, which has made its way over with exclusive interviews and wrestling jabber. I think two interviews are already up. And this week they talked about... Something. <laughs> I think it was Flair Steamboat. <laughs> anyway, uh, proof I'm tired. I can't remember anything. So anyway, I'll be live next week. Thank you for listening. With that, I bid you adieu. I've just seen... Have I seen comments? I don't know. I'm so tired my eyes are blurry, so I'm... <laughs> I can't actually say anything. I can see the red rectangle for me to end the stream. I'm that tired. <laughs> so I do apologise if you want me to respond. I can see the comments aren't that long. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I'll be back next week. Well, amazing end of the show. <laughs> I'll be back next week. With that, I bid you with you. Adios. And I finish by... Uh, just as the numbers were starting to peak on the YouTube things when I end the show. Oh, typical, typical imp. Uh, anyway, for the YouTube people, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. You get to listen to the theme tune as I say goodbye. I get to go to bed. I also get to drink water. Very, very dry throat. Also, the little added information that I, for the past few weeks, I've because I've been less and less watching wrestling and been more and more distant from him from it, I have used creating the image for this show to kind of generate an idea. And I've been lucky that the past two weeks has been news to talk about. This is the first week without news. And I made the image, and I had nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, I think I came up with the idea when I was like doing Dynamite After Dark. and Because uh, I, I had to quickly put that video together, then upload it. And I was just doing that 
and that's when I came up with the idea finally. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I could do another reassessment now there's stuff behind. Yeah, and then I rambled on <laughs> kind of a bit. So, yeah, I'm re- again, I should probably get a guest. <laughs> so, again, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Listen to this lovely theme tune. Without a bid you adieu, adios. Ten.